rolling. Here we go. I'm Howie Mandel. This is Howie Mandel Does Stuff. I'm Jacqueline Schultz, his daughter. And the lovely, handsome Bill Mars in oh, the room. Boy. Here we go. You see the difference? I did Bill Mars. I did uh, Bill's, uh, which I had a great time. And I got a lot of positive uh, feedback. Movie that might closer to you. Club Random. Club Random, which I is actually- I watched it. But it was so much fun. But he, he freaked me out because unlike what we're doing here, and maybe it's better, they sat me down and I waited for you. I was in the room alone for a long time. <laughs> I am never going to hear the end of this. Is it more like I, set up and organized his show? It seems more organized than ours. I wouldn't. Well, that's a sore subject, but we won't get into that. Uh, I would like it to be organized, but organized in a way, of course, that serves the purpose of me being very high. Are you and, high today? No, of course not. It's two in the afternoon. Do you <laughs> have a? I, think, I, think, I, I have some. I have some restrictions in my life. What I time mean, did we record? We recorded at like six. So what time is high time? <laughs> <laughs> What's well, your happy hour? What's your definition of happy hour? Well, I, I mean, I'm a situational smoker. In other words, mar I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, marijuana, I, I know it sounds <laughs> contradictory. Uh, I've been smoking for over 40 years and I'm not addicted. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I know what an addiction is because I was a smoker. An addiction is something that calls you to do it. It's not asking. It's telling you, I need a cigarette right now, and I want one, and you will do it. I've never had that with marijuana. I don't know if people do. I certainly don't. I did. With marijuana? Yeah. Oh, you, yes, you told me that when you smoke, you need to get into a state of like almost unconsciousness. You really smoke. I just don't know when to stop. But not right. only that, I think about it all day long so that I can get high again. Like, I'm, I'm, it calls me. I, no, it doesn't call me. I never think about it. I do pot... When I do pot, it's unlike my mom. Don't do pot. Uh, when I need to be high for something. Uh, what do you need to be high for? Well, you need it to be high to talk to me? I don't need, but I enjoy. I do it for the things I that work better on it and I enjoy more. And those are all the things that are the most important things in my life. Are you high on HBO? No. Ever. But I am for stand-up and I am for sex and I am for... Like if I really want to just sit down and shoot the shit with a good friend and have a great conversation, um, I love to be high. I mean, high is great. There's you know a reason why it's called high. You know what bothers me? What? That you do the same thing to prepare to talk to me as you do to prepare to fuck somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call it preparing. I would say it enhancing. But I don't it want you to feel, I don't want you to feel going into a conversation with me the way you feel about getting... Laid. I don't. Okay, good. <laughs> Trust me, I don't. Although I feel like the love that we shared that day was very special. It really and, was. And you in know? a way, much more special than certainly some of the sex I've had in my life um, because I, we had never really sat down and talked like that. I mean, I learned so much about you. By the way, I get a transcript of every Club Random and I read it. You read it? Yeah, I, <laughs> I know it's odd. Uh, we all have our oddnesses. Let's let's not even go there, because uh, I'll beat you. After you talk to somebody for an hour and right, a half, because and I you want to read it? Because you were so high, you don't remember what we said? Correct. <laughs> and also because I have a real mental block about watching myself. 
I don't watch myself either. Right. So I really wouldn't remember, and I wanted to. I want to have a record of it. I wanted to remember it. And you said so many interesting things. So I, I read it over the other day. It's it's quite fascinating. I mean, just your description of your situation and how it came about, and the and the the uh, sand fly that got in your dick or whatever it was. Right. Um, I mean, that was just. Um, <laughs> it got in your dick. No, it didn't get in his dick. Well, it got everywhere. This is my daughter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you shouldn't talk about the same I've heard now. that story. Okay. And I don't no. remember the part about the dick. Maybe I embellished that. I don't tell it, you it, my dick it, story. It did, but it got in you <laughs> and it was all over. And, and and then the doctors were stupid about how they dealt with it, which is a common story, I think, in medicine. Um, but uh, the whole thing was just riveting. But let me tell you, so you, I find you riveting. And it, listen, and if people want to know your political opinions and your news opinions, they can do that. I don't right. know a lot about you. Right. You and I came up at the same time. We're virtually the same age. Probably two months apart. We're that two came out in the uh, at Club Random. That I, I didn't know that about you. You're two months old. Or maybe I'm two months older than you. November 29th. Oh, no, no. I, you're two months older than me. Yeah. Right. I knew it. And, and, <laughs> but your philosophy, your life is very, very, very different than of mine. Of course. What do you mean, of course? How were you raised? Were you raised, what was the. No, the, I, I mean, you know, you're married, you have kids, that kind of. We're, we're, but we come from we, the. The or the the yes. time when that was just what you do, even of if course. it didn't work out. So you were raised, were your parents, did they stay married? Of course, yes. 41 years. Met wow. in World War II and, uh, stayed married that you're right that's just what they did i mean i i always say i had the last leave it to beaver upbringing in america although you probably had the exact same upbringing uh, i mean we all did you know there were stories of kids who would literally go home into the wrong house because the houses were all they looked alike they were sold as a kid that's how my parents bought it. They never saw the house when they went to buy it. You went to a, a this they built these these tracks in the suburbs after World War II, and you went to the office and you they showed you a model of it, and then you got lot you know thirty two A. It was here on this street, and all the houses looked alike. And kids met <laughs> would sometimes walk into the wrong house, and so like, the parents wouldn't even know. You know that because- same world is happening in Florida. It was called the uh, the villages. Yeah. Do you know what the villages are? Well, I vaguely do. Is it the Disney thing? No, the villages oh. is a um, a. Um, it's not assisted living, but it's a it's a it's probably one of the biggest communities of what do you call it for people over retirement home? No, these are little kids. They just the houses looked alike and everyone acted alike. I mean, it was literally it takes a village. There's a great scene in uh, the first season of Mad Men where the kid is acting up or doing something wrong at the barbecue and the neighbor just slaps him. And that was acceptable. Yeah, it was can, acceptable. I grew up when you can beat children. You, I was beaten. <laughs> but now if the parent did it, they would call social services. Right. And this is the neighbor who's right. allowed. It was just, that was de rigueur, that the neighbor or some friend of the family, if you're an adult, you can do that to someone else's child. Did you never get hit as a kid from other absolutely. people? From the teacher? I got smashed. I got my knuckles wrapped by nuns. They would hit you on the knuckles with a ruler. So did you grow up in strict Catholicism? Well, Catholicism is always strict. Is it? What? 
Well, Catholicism? I, well, I, do, I no, but I'm saying like <laughs> you could have a Catholic family. You went to a Catholic school, but no, but you didn't. No. Did you go to church on Sunday? Yes, we did not. I did not go to Catholic school. I went to catechism. That was Catholic instruction that you went to on Sunday before church. Um, but I went to regular public school. But my mother was Jewish. Uh, not that I really knew that as a child. Not you didn't that, know that. No, um, it's the first scene in my religious documentary. The I interview my mother at the church that we used to go to. Why they let us do that? That church was not smart that day, back in two thousand and seven. But they let my mother and my sister and I sit in the church and have this discussion, a very anti-Catholic discussion. And I asked my mother. I said, "Why did I not know this?" And it's just so indicative of how, when you're a child, whatever is going on. You just accept as normal because you don't know any better. It's why when kids get abused at that age, they very often don't say anything because you have nothing to compare it to. You don't know what's wrong that your uncle is touching you. My uncle was not touching me. This is not what happened to me. But the fact that I went to church every Sunday with my father and my sister and my mother always stayed home, it never even occurred to me to ask why until I was, it just came up one Christmas, as I recall, I was 13. 13. And I'm like, why don't you go to church? And she said, because I'm Jewish. I'm like, you're Jewish? <laughs> and she said, <laughs> she said, uh, well, I mean, culturally, you know, she, I've never been in a temple. She's never been in a temple. Did you the, not know the, her parents? The Did fa you, your grandparents? Well, she, her, she did not have a father. She was my my grandmother. Her mother was a real ahead of her time flapper in the twenties. A Jewish who, flapper. A Jewish flapper, and she well flapper. I mean, whatever it was back then, I think that was the word. But she told me once that she drove, and the men would yell at her. They would yell from the other car, you know, because this was the way to meet. No, no, it was they were yelling at her because women shouldn't be driving at all. Oh wow! <laughs> Can you imagine a time when it, it was tough on women? Can you when even women's imagine? rights were taken away? Um, <laughs> some, some that time is sometimes now. Yeah. Thursday, um, last Thursday. <laughs> I mean, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, let's I know. not. I always say, let's live in the time we're living in. There's, not there's still lots of things that are wrong with our society, but there's also a lot of faking about. You know, we're not, it's not 1950 anymore. But let's let me ask you, so not, you have a sister. Are you close to your sister? Let's not pretend. Are you close to your sister? Yeah. I mean, in is our- Is she married? No. In our way, we're close, you know, um, we're very different, but, um, you know, I think we have a great relationship. Did you have children? No. No. Not to so, my knowledge. Wow. What's in the Mar, what was in the Mar house that you guys didn't want to continue <laughs> in that cycle of- neighborhood <laughs> um well i don't i mean you'll have to ask her that's i'm not going to answer for her i i know for me um i didn't like children when i was a child <laughs> you didn't like yourself <laughs> and it's i didn't like well what do you mean no, you don't i like, like children? i mean well we all as children we're all insecure and we all have um issues with ourselves of course but i just didn't i wasn't a i wasn't a child lover i didn't like cartoons like for example, I didn't like childlike things. I thought it was, I thought cartoons were like childish, and I still think that, except for like Family Guy, love that one. But like generally, I don't like cartoons. I would only watch like film shows, like Superman, Three Stooges, things that were live action. Um, I just didn't like children, and I still don't. 
You know, I just they're 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 dumb. They're not sophisticated. Uh, they're disgusting when they're really young. I mean, right. it's just snot and puke and shit, and it's just. Uh, but you know, really old people are like that again. Well, uh, it depends on how you treat yourself. That can happen, yes. And if it gets to that point, I hope someone just takes me out because, yeah, I don't want to like wake up in a pool of my own gross. <laughs> but so to that end, you know, some people would. Do you have a girlfriend right now? Well, let's 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 not get into that. Okay, we don't have to. <laughs> let's let's let's, let's, let's uh... you keep that separate. That's a separate thing. Well, I'm just. Uh, but as somebody who's been married for 42 years, you know, and right. a big part of it, and I love my wife, and she's listening to this right now, and I, I love being married. But even more importantly, I'm the kind of guy that even when I was in school didn't want to sit down and eat my lunch if nobody was there. I couldn't sit down and eat alone. And maybe it's just my own personal insecurity, but I think a lot of people like to have somebody. Do you get lonely? Isn't that an interesting contradiction in you, though? Because you have the thing about not touching, and yet you want people around. Uh, I was reading the transcript of our conversation, and it was a wonderful moment where we're, you were talking about how the first time you were on stage... right. And you felt the love from the crowd. Right. And I was like, ah, oh, that makes so much sense because it was a way for you to be loved without having to touch. Right. Laughter, you don't have to, laughter doesn't physically touch you. It just touches your heart, you know. That's right. beautiful. So, so it really, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's what we said <laughs> at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you said it, the, you, were, you said that's deep and it is kind of deep. No, but it is. It, and it's very true. But you have made a choice and whether, and, and I, don't want, I don't have to get into the details of what you're doing now, but we were talking about the health. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is at some point, I just want to be with somebody and I want somebody who cares right. about me to be there to make these kind of decisions. Like when you are at the end and regardless of how healthy we keep that, ourselves, there that, is an end. I find that to be such a dumb argument. I've heard it my whole life. <laughs> like, don't you want someone, you know, like at the end to to feed you the soup. I'm like, really? I'm going to live the whole my whole life with a shitty sex life and bored and the kind of shit that people go through in bad marriages. I'm not saying yours. I'm sure yours is fantastic. But uh, that wouldn't work for me. Just so that when I'm 90, I can have someone hand me the soup. And I don't even want someone to do that. When I'm sick, I want to be alone. That's when I most want to be alone. I don't want anybody around. Just I, I, What I like to do is when I see someone, I like to be at my best. You know, when I'm not at my best and, and not at my best can just be like when I get up in the morning, I feel fine. I don't feel grouchy at all. I just don't want to talk to anybody in the morning. So that's not at my best. It's kind of like with the pot. You know, I want to, to just do something not because it's calling to me, because I choose. I choose to do this at this moment with this person, on this drug, whatever it is, be at my best. And then when I'm in a more passive way, reading, just watching TV, whatever, I can do that alone. I, you know, these people who have to like watch TV with somebody. I don't want to watch TV with somebody. Sometimes, sure, I do it all the time, but it's not necessary. And when I watch TV at night, very often, like, I get bored with, unless something is absolutely compelling, I'll watch 15 minutes and then I'll go to something else and watch 15 minutes of that. Then I'll watch 15 minutes of something else. It's hard to do that with somebody else in the room. This is such a foreign concept to you, Dad, huh? Because I know living with you that he can't be alone in a room for more than like 10 minutes. He yeah. has to go do something with someone else, call someone else. Oh. To, 
Somebody has to be there, even if they're not talking to me. Listen, I've known more than one guy, like Mm -hmm. around my age, because I've certainly lived through enough divorces with my friends. A number of them have wound up in my guest house for a while. It was (laughs) was the divorce house for many years. Okay. Seems like a fun place to go. Yeah, well, (laughs) it was better than what it was. And I knew these guys, and for years they were miserable in the marriage, because look, sometimes just marriages die, passion dies, love dies, whatever, the whole thing dies. And then you're just dragging around this carcass of love. And it's very sad. And But, you know, it's hard to break apart because the roots are deep and kids and money, all these things, just, just inertia. And finally, they can't stand it one more day of living without passion and without this and without love and touching and somebody liking them and laughing at their joke and just anything. And they finally get away and they make the break and it's very painful. And then they marry like the first woman they meet who gives them a hand job, you know? And I'm like, Jesus, you just got out of prison and now you're breaking back in. And they'll say, yeah, I just can't wake up alone. Yeah, I get that. I I, I get it too. I, I'm glad I'm not it, but I get that there are people like that. I just am not that you're guy. You're like a cult. Like a cult of one. <laughs> no, but you are. It, it's this great I, I, philosophy. I'm not, I'm not lonely at all. That's amazing. I would, I, the, to me, the loneliest place in the world is when you're in a relationship that isn't working. And I've been there. I've certainly been in long-term serious relationships. And when it's not working, it's the saddest place because not only do you feel alone, but you don't have the possibility that tomorrow you could be with somebody else. You don't have, you don't have hope. You don't even have hope because you're in this relationship and you're not getting it in the relationship and you're not allowed to get it anywhere else. When you're single and you're lonely, I've certainly been there too at times in my life. Well, at least tomorrow could bring something new. You know, you're going out to the mall and you're like, gee, should I wear this belt? This, <laughs> this maybe somebody will like me if I wear it. You know, it's crazy things that are in your head, but it just shows that you're having hope about what the future could be. Do you have any of reservations about any relationship that you've been in in the past or now? Maybe you don't have to talk about it, but the fact that you have ach- achieved whatever it is that you've achieved—that it's not your—are is somebody attracted to you for all the right reasons, and maybe not all the wrong reasons. And even if they are the wrong reasons, does that bother you? It would bother me. I once had this discussion with Hugh Hefner, um, one, <laughs> one, one, one of the one of the five-minute discuss. I had many five-minute discussions with Hugh Hefner. You loved Hugh Hefner. Well, I did. I mean, he was a, he was a very sweet guy, and I certainly drank a ton of his free liquor. Uh, and I did your show at his house. We you once. Oh, that's right. We did politically incorrect at the from, Playboy Mansion. Yeah, oh I know. And gosh. I've never seen you more in heaven. That was that was twenty five years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I remember him once saying, and I think he said it publicly too, that he didn't much care why somebody liked him. And I said, well, that is why we. That's how we're different. I do care. So, I care very much why someone likes me. Someone can't like me. Now, if someone likes me because I have money, I would always say to them, there's richer guys. If, you, if that's what you're after, you could, you could do better. I, I mean, I'm, I'm well off, but there's, there's just tons of richer guys. Go for the real deal there. You know? But they don't uh, need the richest. They just need more than they have. Well, I mean, look, I, as a friend of mine once said, if you're cheap, you shouldn't be out. 
And there was a woman who said that. I love that line. If you're cheap, you shouldn't be out. I'm not cheap at all. I like being generous to all my friends. It's not, it had nothing to do with sex or not. And especially with people who are, you know, less well off than I am. And, you know, if you are dating women who are much younger than you, they're un unlikely they're going to be <laughs> as, as well off as I am. So, of course, I'd be happy to be generous, but that cannot be the reason why they're with me. What and, about uh, famous? What about the fact that you're just famous? Um, you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised at how unfamous I am no. to people under 30. Oh, so you're going out with 20-year-olds. <laughs> That's I got it out of them. <laughs> no, but I used to be fascinated by the fact of. Did you know Rodney? Did you know? Of course, I know. But did you know him? Like I used to go sometimes backstage, and he'd be sitting there in the robe with his yes. dick hanging out, and there used to be a, a, a young person hanging off the end of that, hanging that, off the end of well, it. Well, just being there for it. And Rodney, you, I don't remember that about Rodney. I remember. I him, think Rodney got. I remember him complaining about. Women. I remember him once saying to me in the bar at Catch a Rising Star, how come every time I meet a cute girl with a nice ass, she's a fucking idiot? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to have a nice ass to be a fucking and idiot. That, uh, yeah, but I, you know. But, I, I, but what was amazing to me is. I remember I, his I, great line, uh, fucking your wife is like striking out the pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the thing about the thing about him was he had these like nubile young ladies he hanging did? backstage. I yeah. don't remember that at all. I, yeah, I think not a he, not a catch a rising star. He didn't. Maybe after he blew up. I'm talking about he maybe. was he was already like uh, he had done back to school. He had done all right. the Miller commercials. He'd already uh, blown uh, blown up. I think really? Catch a Rising Star was before that, right? No, he was a huge star. He used to walk on stage without any introduction. He was, yes, he got, I guess the movies made him even bigger, but he was quite the celebrity when he walked. I mean, this is the, the early 80s when we were first starting. You know, he would walk, just walk on stage. I mean, I remember I was the MC. You didn't have to give him an introduction. It was just, and the crowd went bananas. It was great because the crowd went nuts because it was Rodney. And then w it just shows you about comedy, how great comedy is, how involuntary it is. In two minutes, he'd lost the crowd <laughs> because he was trying out new stuff. Right. And then it wouldn't work, and he'd, and he'd say something insulting to them. And he'd go from this incredible reception to... Nothing. You know, yeah, just nothing. And, yeah. But I mean, to that end, what I'm talking about is I thought, and I don't... I, you know, I don't know who these people were that were backstage, and uh, I hope I'm not offending anybody by retelling these stories. But in this day and age, as being an, a single person who happens to be incredibly successful... And regardless of what you think that level of notoriety that you have is or fame is, it's there. I just think it's really hard in to to uh, kind of plot your way through that world. Regardless, it is moneyless and, and and everything is hard. In but it's harder when you you're a target, is what I'm saying. Well, Cor and it must be harder to find someone if who's looking for a partnership and you like your alone time. Like you don't want to talk. You said you'd you be surprised at how many younger generation women feel exactly the same way. They say. <laughs> <laughs> Until they get to, yes, they, they change. I mean, I feel like I am an expert to a degree on women in their 20s. And trust me, the difference between 21, 25, and 30 is enormous. Those are 
very different stages. Men mature and grow and evolve much slower than women. Women, it all takes place in that one decade. When they're 20, it's they're in that experimental phase usually. You know, that's college and they're kind of wild. And I mean, you really want to stay away from that. I mean, that would be too young even for me. Even for you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Unless they're incredibly mature. Uh, <laughs> but by the time they're 25, I mm -hmm. think most women are very different. They're over that, you know, wild phase. Um, and by the time they're 30, they may have a biological clock ticking. And then it may that's be- That's gotta be scary. Uh, or not. I mean, it's not like it was when, even when I was first talking about this subject in the 90s on Politically Incorrect, I remember I was sort of a, a tribune for the single person because even in the 90s, it was still sort of considered weird if you weren't somehow angling to be a parent, somehow if you didn't want children or if you wanted to stay single. I remember doing once a you don't think it's weird now? You don't think you're a... a no, now it's, it's not. It's not weird. It's not. My brother, Alex, actually just brought up the other day how the birth rate is lower than the death rate now, correct? So there's a lot more people that are not having... Right? Yeah. So there's a lot more people nowadays no, that are not having right. Look what you started. There's no... Right. There's no <laughs> stigma. I remember once we did a sketch... Uh, it was a, a Valentine to myself. It was Valentine's Day. And it was a tribute to people who just wanted, you know, like I was making the statement that Valentine's Day doesn't have to just be about pledging undying love to another person. Why can't it just be me saying, I love me and I want to be with me? And I doesn't mean I don't have love in my life. It just doesn't mean I, I follow this model. I mean, the the concept of modern marriage is very new. But if, even, even if you have a girlfriend, I'm sure she loved that, that you did a Valentine's Day tribute to yourself. Well, uh, <laughs> she might do one to herself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's very antiquated thinking yeah. that a, it, but, that a but, girl, that a, I'm sorry, that a girl wouldn't like that. Um, just because it's so old fashioned, Jackie. I'm sorry, I am. <laughs> right, so. you might be, and that's fine. She is. The, no, the I'm not. I think I'm not. Well, the yeah. point is that you that everything is on the buffet right now. You can be that kind of person. I mean, like I was talking to we had a, a guest on the show uh, Friday night who wrote a book called uh, Rethinking Sex, and we were talking about it on the show and then after, and uh, I think this was after I was mentioning that. You know what? Oh, I, I think it was also on that. What she is discovering in the millennial generation are things that my generation takes for granted, like like that um, women can't really separate sex from feeling. I'm like, yeah, duh. We were we knew this forever. That's not new. It's new to them because that but generation is so fucked up with their dating apps and their phones and their slut pride. And they thought they could like be somehow uh, above all this and not really care and date by Tinder. And of course they can't because it's in the DNA of women that of course, if you are going to have sex with somebody, you're going to, as they would say, catch feelings like it's a disease. But that, you so don't the, think so the, isn't that scary for you? Who, who, you know, goes into it not having any feelings, but to know that you might. I do have. What are you saying? I don't have feelings. Well, you don't have. You don't want to. Uh, Just. Be, I mean, you're you're conflating things that don't deserve to be conflated. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Okay. 
<laughs> well, you're married. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're if saying- If I wasn't, I wouldn't have a co-host. I, yeah, I just I'm, did it for the co-host. <laughs> uh, I forget what I'm conflating, you said. I said uh, yes. because a, a, a person- Well, you're, sa- you're, 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 you're making it out to be that unless you have undying love for one person your whole life, there can be no love. There's only either I'm one- I'm not saying that. Here's well, what I'm saying. Well, it and sounds it, like you're saying it. But here's what I'm saying. And it's not one or the other. One, well, here's what I'm saying. As a single person, regard at at different times in your life, maybe not right now. You might be in a relationship, and we won't talk about that. But we will talk <laughs> about the fact that the, one of the things you said the attributes of being alone is, or or being single is, if you want to go have sex, you can go have sex. It's never that just that same old, same old all the time. You can. What if you just wanted to have fun and have sex and not be concerned about the other person might catch feelings. And you're not interested in that. I have caught feelings. I have feelings right now. I love you too. <laughs> no, that's not what oh, I meant. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, that's true too, but <laughs> I absolutely have feelings. It's just, you know, it's just you don't you don't always have to go all the way to Baghdad. Is Baghdad marriage? No. Baghdad <laughs> is an analogy I'm making toward uh about when um we invaded Iraq. The first, the first time, right? Right. And after we kicked Saddam Hussein out of Kuwait. Right. Right. Uh, a lot of people said we should go all the way to Baghdad and kill Hussein, right. Saddam Hussein, and take over the country. Right. Which is what his stupid son did. And look at how fucked up that was. And George Bush the first, who was very wise in this, he said, look, we just went in there. Right. To kick him out of Kuwait. Right. We're not going to go all the way to Baghdad. You right. don't always have to go all the way to Baghdad. You see what I'm saying? You can you can love somebody and not go all the way to Baghdad. As you so went I was all the right. way to the marriage. I said marriage is Baghdad. The, you went all the way to Baghdad. <laughs> right. And my wife and I are both still in shock and awe. <laughs> <laughs> you are good. But, you know, here's the thing. A lot of people are still on that old model. Oh, this is what I was saying to that person. Um, look at a show like The Bachelor. Okay. Right? I hate it. I've it. never seen it. I love it. But it's su- super popular. Yes. It's been on forever. Yeah. It's corny as fuck. Why is it so popular? Because lots of people, most are still corny as fuck. They still are on this model of... Oh, there's the one perfect person, and I'm going to like find this person like an egg in an Easter hunt, and then we're going to be happy forever. This fairy tale. I'll tell you what I hate about and it. Sometimes I, I, it works once in a while, like with you, it did. And I met your beautiful. It would have never wife. happened for me on a bachelor. Uh, no, show. I'm ju- but I'm just saying, like that tells you a lot about where people still are. A lot of people are still there, and then there's just zillions of people who were beyond that model, including women. Uh, women uh, uh, are so it, different than they were when I was first dating because back then it was like, I got to find a man. And now it's like, you know what? If I find a man and it works out and it's the right move, yeah, I'm, I'm good for that. But if I don't find a great one, that's fine too. I can just do me and be me and I don't need a man. If it If I find a great one, Good. Do if I people don't sign NDAs, what? Have you ever had a? <laughs> no, I don't need to. I wouldn't be with someone who I needed to sign an NDA with. It's it's like you know, there's something about just I'd discerning so people's character. How about just that? 
that takes, you know, you discern somebody's character that people are together for a decade and then find out this is not the person I thought it was. And what I was talking about- A that, decade? Well, that then something has changed in that decade. We all change. That's true. Which is why I, one reason why I never got married, because things can and do change. See, very the thing often. about you, you brought up The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. This is what I hate about it. I watch it. I can't, you know, it's like a train wreck for me. I, I watch it. I think it's well done. You I hate watch it. it. I hate watch it. And I'll tell you why. It doesn't make, and I laugh at it. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people take it seriously, but I find because there's a bachelor or a bachelorette, there are how many people started like 25 people mm. vying and vying for this one person that you don't fucking know you have nothing in common with. And they go out on these dates and, and they go, I don't know that you're here for the right reason. No, I'm here for the right reason. I want to find true love. True love is a fucking stranger on a, on a reality show. Also what always amused me about that show is that, they compared it to a harem because it's a guy and there's 20 girls around him. Okay, in a harem, you add <laughs> women. This one, you're subtracting. It's a there's no harem in the world that works that way, where the king in Morocco, who does have a harem, I believe, uh, constantly is letting them go. He's adding them. That's because a lot of, uh, maybe if he was dyslexic, maybe he would, <laughs> he would let them go. But it was like, uh, remember who wants to marry a millionaire? That was the first. Uh, of course. So that was the first reality show, but it was just so uh, disappointing to me. And that's what I was t asking you about. It was like, they were, what was attractive about him? They said he had a million. It turned out he didn't. He was a comic. Remember, he started with. No, you're thinking of Joe Millionaire. Is that Joe Millionaire? Yeah. He was yes. a comic. He was a hockey player. No, he was he was a fake million. He wasn't a real millionaire. Who wants to marry a millionaire? Was I don't remember. Maybe I'm thinking uh, Joe Millionaire, and who uh, but, wants to be a millionaire? I'm mixing those two. Well, Joe Millionaire was like a goof on the women who thought he was a millionaire, and then they find out that's the twist was that he really wasn't a millionaire, I guess, so do you still love him? Right, so my point is, it just shows you that our society is set up and we watch where you, as a millionaire or as somebody famous, you are somewhat of a target. I feel like it's degrading women, too, to say that women are only after men for money necessarily Thank all you. the time. Thank you. Like, why are you worried about that? Maybe men are after money, too, and all the wrong things as well. There's a plenty of women out humans. there who are humans, or there's plenty of women out there that aren't after a person for the wrong reasons. Right, that that's, thank you very much. I think that, the that, majority of people are out there for the wrong reason. Uh, well, you okay. stay married, Dad. Well, avoid them. <laughs> you know, avoid those people. You think at this point in my life, I can't smell that a mile away? I don't know. I don't know how out there you are. I can smell it a mile away. You think? I know. Okay, I don't know. I don't have I, a retort. <laughs> no, because, because I'm me and I'm living my life. And, you know, it's like I always say to people... When but they, you, you've had, and in, in, in the past, you've had uh, relationships kick you in the ass a little bit. Of right? course, who hasn't? Right. So, so you, you, you obviously you weren't meaning what? what? Everyone um, has that though. You right. don't have to be you guys to have relationships kick you in the ass. Right. But, Every, but you didn't read somebody the right way. The, you didn't the, know how the, that would turn out. I mean, the, there's no nothing in my life that ever <clears throat> caused me more pain than my first breakup. To this day. And I was 17 years old. Really? Yeah. Where is she now? Who? I don't know. I don't know. I'd be very curious, but I don't know. What's her name? Let's, uh, Let's no. look her up. Let's look, Google her. <laughs> no. I mean, I've thought of that, but I mean, she's probably a grandmother now. Um, but, 
Yeah, not but to she this. Might be single to this. <laughs> well, I think that bus has sailed. Uh, but really, to this day, because the first time you're dumped is so devastating because you don't see it coming and you don't know you'll outlive it, the pain of it. Um, I mean, there was at least a year, a year, a full year after that when I was just miserable 24-7. And nothing like that has quite ever happened again. I've had misery in my life and pain in a lot of different ways, as we all have, but nothing quite like that. So, really? yes, I, I do Do you think know, that scarred you? Do you think that's... That yeah, maybe. Of, that kind of... I think, I, I do remember thinking after that, <clears throat> okay, there's two ways to happiness in life, relationships or work, um, maybe you should put your eggs in the basket of the one you can control. And not that I haven't had love and uh, have it now. I don't think you can live without love. I don't. I wouldn't want to. I have. It's. It's not a. It's not a good way to live. And it's. And and you're just not happy. But as far as like what I can count on, I mean, you can count on yourself, or at least I can. Um, do you, in, in, let's move on from relationships, just to your relationship with the world in this, you know, we always talk about can you do cancel culture and, and comedy and yeah. you live in a world, you know, just, I think your milieu is being honest and authentic and we are so fucking polarized that, uh, you know, it's gotten somewhat dangerous, I think. Yeah. And uh, do you not concern yourself at all with your, like even your personal safety or when you go out and somebody sees you and they don't have the same opinion as you politically? Well, or? the thing is I've lived with this for a very long time. Before anybody else. Right. Everybody else is just coming upon it now. Right. But I've had this, I mean, I've had the FBI in my dressing room on a number of occasions. Are you serious? Yeah, just to warn me about... ISIS or the Ku Klux Klan or, you know, whoever. Just was. ISIS. I'm worried about, I was talking about Dave from Pacoima. And, <laughs> and, and now it's Dave from Pacoima also. Um, but I, I mean, I've had this, I mean, I've had all, all manner of that. And I can't do what I do and be who I am and ever really think about that. If, if that day happens, it, I hope it's like the Sopranos, the end of the Sopranos, where it just goes to black and I don't know it, and that's and, probably how it'll happen. But I don't. I just don't. I just don't deal with it. I mean, I just don't think of it. I don't let it affect me. I can't. I can't let it. Get, I can't give it one inch because if I give it one inch, it'll never stop. You were probably the first canceled comedian, as far as yes, politically right. incorrect, and right? By, and by the right. Now it's by the left who does most of the canceling. But yes, that was two thousand and one, and that was that was by the right. I mean, they and it's funny. It's the methodology has not changed. It's interesting when someone gets canceled. It always reminds me of that period in my life because at the moment it happened, nothing, nobody cared that day. It was, was it devastating to you? Well, it was difficult for a while. But if I could just finish that thought, that at the moment it happened. In the studio, no one cared. No one made any, ooh, ah. You know, it was just like, we're having an interesting discussion, an adult discussion, a real discussion. <clears throat> the president had said, the way we beat the terrorists is go back to being exactly who we were. Don't let them change you. So I'm doing a show called Politically Incorrect. We went back to that discussion. I was just agreeing with some, what another panelist had said on that show, a conservative, by the way, now a crazy conservative. Um, and it was the fact that someone 
in the days after could take that and gin up the mob. Because again, if somebody hadn't- Social media wasn't even big. No, but there was, but you could do chain emails and, and talk radio was big and morning disc jockeys were big. And they get, the people who hated me for a number of other things, mostly probably about religion and so forth. But it really started with somebody, I think it was in Houston, some disc jockey who hated me. And let's get this guy can you believe he said this? And then you get more people and more people and, and you get just a lot of people going, uh, okay, yeah, sure, I'm mad. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about being mad, but now that you mention it, I'm very mad. And I've seen this play out over and over with other people in other scandals. And I'm like, oh, I know that very well. But um, also you're on an ad-supported network with yeah. ABC. Well, of course, that's just how you do it. But the, but the psychology of getting people upset when they weren't really to begin with, it's so interesting. And it's so gross because it's not real. It's so deceptive. But so you were canceled and- Well, we did the show for another nine months, uh, almost my favorite time of Politically Incorrect because it, it was a kind of a more serious time in America because it was right after the attacks and um, we kind of knew we were going to go away. So we just had a lot more substantive guests. I mean, it wasn't the, you know, how we met. Oh, no. You know, that's me. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, Jesus. I meant <laughs> to say Carrot Top. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, that we were canceled. And then, I mean, it was only six months before I was back on HBO. So, I mean, for the people who wanted to slay me, they did a terrible job because I wound up in a better place. Yeah, but it's just scary. Go ahead. It is scary. I, uh, thinking about it too, because there wasn't social media, like when you got canceled, you had to really be canceled. Like was it was a bigger cancel. deal, right? Because now you, it's so inundated <clears throat> with- people on social media and cancel culture that it's kind of on to the next and you don't know what's fake or piecemealed together when right. you're watching stuff on social media. So I'd imagine then when stuff is being shared over email or wherever it was being shared or talked about on the radio, it seems like a much bigger deal than what we see nowadays. Yeah. It, it's a lot easier to get something going now. You can do it, you know, in a matter of minutes or hours. Um, it did take a little more work um, like everything did back then. But do you get more vitriol now? Like, even though you're not being canceled, are you getting more? I have no idea. I never read, I never read it. I don't Wonderful. care. You, you don't, don't look at comments or anything? Absolutely not. Are you on social media? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will, I tweeted last weekend. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I do it sometimes. If, if, if I wait for a, a moment that matters. Last weekend, Trump was going after me at his rallies. He got a big bug up his ass about something I said on my show a week ago about DeSantis being a better president. And so he started, and I, I lived through this like when he was president. He had right. an eight month period where it was every, he, you know, he, he's like a comic. You had the bet He, he does him. a chunk in right. his act. Right. He had a chunk about me. He sees that it works. So just like us as comics, the chunk works, we're going to keep it in. Right. So for months and months, it was just about this maniac says, I'm not going to leave if I lose. Well, who turned out to be right about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he had a big chunk about that. And so then he started one last Saturday about, yes, I said DeSantis would be better because he's not completely crazy. And 
Then he, he called me a radical left-wing maniac, which is not true. And he said, uh, Fox, I said, he's always laughing at Fox News. Okay, true, I am doing that. And then he said, and Fox News kisses my ass, which isn't pretty. <laughs> Uh, so I tweeted about that because, uh, and oh, and he said so they're, they're, he's booked on Fox News. Well, I wasn't booked on Fox News. He just made that up. I know, so unlike Donald Trump to just make something <laughs> up. But uh, so I wanted it out there that, no, I'm not fuck, booked on Fox News, but I want to be. I've tried to be. And now, because of that, and because I tweeted about it, now I am booked on Fox News. Now we are negotiating, and I'm going to do Tucker Carlson at some point when really? we can get our schedules together. I'd love to I see mean, you go up against I mean, he had offered me before Tucker Carlson, and I said, absolutely, right away. And then they came back and said, yeah, but just let's just talk about the things we agree about. I'm like, no. No. <laughs> That's what? not why you have What your... sort of stupid way is that to have an interview? No, we'll talk about everything. Yes, there are some things we will agree about. There's a reason why Fox News puts me on their website, and that's what drives Trump crazy, is because I'm not afraid to go after the left when they're wrong, and they're wrong a lot these days. But I have perspective about who's more crazy. And When is this going to happen? I cannot wait. Uh, I can't wait either. It, it's difficult because... It's uh, it's sort of like uncertain where uh, mean, Mr. Where? Carlson tapes his show. It's very secretive. Uh, it's definitely not in California. So, you know, it would have to be some, hopefully sometime like I'm in New York. I think he does it sometimes in New York. I think he does it from Maine sometimes. I never get up to Maine. I'm not going there. Uh I think we'll be able to work it out, but it is you know, a I have bit a, I'm, I have a connection to a hologram company. I'll show you after. <laughs> no, but you can be anywhere. Oh, and the other thing is I only will do it, in like person. all my interviews, I will only do it in person. I, I will love never that. do Zoom or satellite. Have you talked to Hannity at all? I used to do his show. And? No more? I would do it again. I would do any, I would love to do Fox News. And I encourage all Democrats to do Fox News. You have to go where the people are watching. And by the way, here's something most people, I sound like Trump again. Here's some, most people don't know this. <laughs> they don't know this, but it's true. They really don't know this. Um, more Democrats watch Fox News than watch MSNBC. I actually see Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. I can never pronounce his name, but he's on Fox all yeah. the time. I told him to do that. You, you told, told them him. To do I told all the Democrats when they came on my show to do that, to do Fox News. And some of them laughed at me and some of them humored me and some of them said, you know, you're right. I'm not saying Pete wouldn't have done it without me prodding him, but I did for those years that Trump was in office and I would still do it. Tell these Democrats, you have to go outside of your bubble, outside of the people's votes who you already have. Otherwise it's an echo chamber. It's, it is, and it is an echo chamber. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I can't stand any cable news on either side because it's what, it's what I call, my friend calls, let me guess politics. Name any subject. Let me guess where you're going to come out on this. And it's only reporting not the truth, but the narrative. The narrative. It's the thing that, the narrative that you already believe. Now, I'm not saying there isn't truth in it. You're just leaving out the part that you don't believe. See, that's the thing about Fox News when they put me on their website. They'll watch a, a episode of Real Time, and then they'll only report on the 10 minutes that is the part that agrees with what 
their narrative is. They'll leave out the 50 minutes where I went after the conservatives <laughs> right. and maybe made fun of them particularly, and they'll just put the part where I'm going after the, some of the craziness of the left. But there is so much craziness on the left. And There's just craziness everywhere Yes, there in is. our world. But there didn't used to be this much, not nearly, on the left. Nobody was talking about abolishing the police or getting rid of penises or whatever the fuck they're doing these days right. uh, five years ago. Things changed a lot in the last five what years. What changed it? What do you think it was that changed Gen it? Z. You don't, you have a problem with Gen Z. Well, we used to I talk have a problem it. with bad ideas. I don't have a problem but with But there's any, always been bad ideas. Or Not, just differing ideas. Well... Let's discuss them and see what see what's different and what's just bad. Well, you say Gen Z. What about that's interesting? Uh, as what a about abolishing the police? Is that just a different idea or is that a bad but, idea? But was that was there? Well, a, well let her answer the question, counselor. <laughs> is that a different idea or is that a bad idea? I think it was misunderstood. Misunderstood. De defunding the police. You're talking about right? Defund a third the of people under thirty want to abolish the police. I don't think that defunding the police I'm was about, abolishing the police, and I think they're it was two different things. Two different things. I don't believe in abolishing the police. I believe okay, in defunding so bad idea. them. I believe in defunding. So that's a bad idea. But I've never heard abolish the police. I haven't either. Well, I follow the news. That's my job. <laughs> Is it there was abolish the police? Of course. Inclu and I'm saying a third of people under 30 for abolishing the police. Do you not think that it was misunderstood? The defunding the police was misunderstood or misinterpreted? Well, I think it was a, a, a terrible phrasing of it. I agree. Um, if you if you were talking about reallocating funds yes. and a different kind of police training, I mean, I've said things about the police over the years nobody has ever said on television that they weren't very happy about. So it's not like the police doesn't need reform. I get that. But you do need police. We do. Of I agree. And most of them, I understand now why a lot of them are kind of having a case of the little bit of the blue flu, you know? Yeah. Because after, the, after the 2020 protests, some of which turned into looting and riots, and certainly a lot of it was just vitriol aimed at the police, I don't blame a lot of them for saying, you know, what happened to George Floyd was horrendous. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Right. You know, this, this idea, another bad idea that's more prevalent in the younger generations about collective guilt. I don't believe in collective guilt of any kind. I'm an individual. I'll take responsibility for what I do or what I've done. I don't like the term privilege. I think it's used way too much. I certainly understand why some struggling coal miner, when he hears some rich white kid talk about privilege, it's obnoxious. But we do, you You will acknowledge the fact that we, you and I, have white privilege. I will not. I will, will call not? it, I will call it advantage. Have I had advantages for being white? I'm sure I have. Well, that's semantics. What's the difference it's not, between privilege and, and advantage to you? Can I explain? Yeah. That's the question. <laughs> A, advantage means like when I was starting out in the early 80s when we were comics. Right. Could there have been a moment where I was up against a black comic to get a job at the Chuckle Hut in Cleveland, and the comedy owner said, okay, let's go with the white guy right. because 
we'll probably do a little more ticket sales on Saturday night. I mean, this is 1980 after all. We're, right. That could have happened. Absolutely. And that's not that a would privilege? Be, well, it's an advantage. I don't what. It's not a privilege to See, be- but we're, we're but that's the problem in today's society. <clears throat> a word, uh, you know, is is the um, and even why we're getting canceled. It's it's perception over content. So the perception of privilege to you is different than the perception of advantage. The advantage is when you are a white guy and you are pulled over in the middle of the night, and uh, yes, it's an advantage. And I have the privilege of just not having to worry about being, you know, my friends who are... Uh, well, that's not true either. What? I mean, this. how many people do you think the police shoot a year? I don't know. See? So you're talking out of your ass. Well, tell me. A thousand. They shoot about a thousand people a year. Okay. And? How many How many of that is are white people? Tell me. So, again, we're having this discussion, no, but, but you're, you're so sure of yourself, you don't even know the stats. But why does that stat affect Because you're me. talking about what you're talking about how much you have to worry about I'm not saying, I have to worry. My friends who are black, who right. are raising who are married and raising kids. Right. Uh, here's what I this is Absolutely. what I my personal experience. My personal experience when I took my kids out and they got their driver's license, right. I was worried about them driving safely and and right. those are the discussions I had. Absolutely. Don't speed and don't take somebody. My black friends have to have an added discussion I agree. that I've never had with Absolutely. my kids. If you get pulled over by the cop, make sure that your hands are there. Right. Don't reach for anything. Okay. So isn't that privilege? Okay. It's a, Again, uh, let's not talk about, let's, let's, I like the word advantage better. There's something about privilege <laughs> that just is, it, 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 it bleeds into something that gets a little ridiculous. Advantage, I think, is a harsher thing. I think it's a realer thing. I think you guys are talking about the same thing. And kind you don't of. want to use it because yeah, of the of. connotation of it that's attached to it. Okay, but let's get back to the police. Okay. okay. They shoot about 1,000 people each, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Right. Now, in a country of 340 million people, a lot of whom are crazy and a lot of whom are armed, I don't know if that's like a ridiculous number. There are some people the police do have to shoot. What percentage I mean, are white? Three quarters. More white. Wow. But since blacks are only 14% of the population, that's almost twice the percentage of what it would be. Right. Okay. So there's a problem. There's a problem. But police also have many more encounters with black people. So you have to figure in all these things. You also have to figure out the disadvantages that leave to that lead to Correct. more people of color living in poverty, living Absolutely. in these situations where Correct. they have worse schooling. There's yes. all these systematic yes. things that lead to that. That yes. then points I more... was points I was making when you were in the crib. I'm not so, that young. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying I've been all over this territory forever. Right. You know, it's not like I'm She taught in inner city. She's not like I'm she's oh, a teacher okay. from yeah. Crenshaw. Yeah, of course. There's a obviously there's a giant legacy yeah. of racism and the horrendous, sorry history of America with race. Yeah. Uh, and that goes into it. But when a policeman is out, or woman is out doing their job, that doesn't really figure in. 
they're just dealing with what's going on right now. Well, listen, I every time I see an officer anywhere but, on any set, I thank them for their service. I right. believe, I, yeah. I, and I think they're incredibly brave. And I think, you know, the one thing that we're missing in society, and whether it's to uh, police officers or teachers or friends or people who have different political opinions and ideas, is we have lost respect. There is no more respect. You don't have to respect, you know, if you're not like me and you don't think yeah. like me, then you're an idiot. Right. You know, and no, and, and, and back to the police for just for a second, I, I think even to this day, I think it is true that black folks do have to worry more about being stopped. And those are the stats on who gets shot by the police. Um, roughed up, in other words, put your hands on people, that kind of stuff. Right. That is way more done to people of color than white people. Okay. So, yes. So, there is still advantage to being white. No doubt. I'll buy your word. I'll, no, say, no I'll take away privilege and use right. advantage. No, <laughs> no, no doubt about it. What I'm always trying to say is let's just, first of all, get the numbers right. You know, let's not just pull it out of our ass. I didn't pull any numbers out. No, no, no. Said. I'm just saying, but people do. They just have a feeling about it. I mean, if you ask the average MSNBC listener, Right. How many unarmed black people do you think the police kill a year? They'd probably say 50,000 or 10,000. But do they really have to have the fact, like you've even said, now that you've it, given us the numbers, somebody matters. with the knowledge, well, you're saying if you take the, if you do the calculus, you know, and where you think what percentage of these people based on the population, it is a problem. Yes. Whether I know the number or yes. not, it yes. is a problem. Yes. Racism is still a problem in America. It's just a different problem and a lesser problem than it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, certainly 50 years ago. I mean, we are moving in the right direction. And if you want to pretend that we're living in 1973, as a lot of people do, I can't go there with you. I, I always say, let's live in the year we're living in. I don't uh, think two white guys sitting here should celebrate where we are on racism. And that's a bullshit talking point also, that two white people <laughs> or three white people can't have a discussion about this, that that I am not a sentient being. No, can I understand racism as well as a black person? Of course not. But I'm, I, I'm not without the ability to see what's going on in the world. And by the way, there's two ways you can not understand something in general. One, by being not close enough to it. Yes, I'm not as close to it as a black person. And the other way is by being too close to it. People who are too close to something sometimes uh, are blind to it as well. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg said that she thought the Holocaust was not about race. Right. Now, I defended her. Right. Even though she had attacked me like two weeks earlier on something else. Because I said, you know, you can't expect to have treated black people the way this country has decade after decade, century after century, and then not have them have a completely different view on race. It's not one I agree with. I thought that was a ridiculous comment. The Holocaust wasn't about race. <laughs> As a Jew, you must be somewhat offended by that. But it's like, I get why she's coming from that place. And she has every right to say it. And she should not- It was just been, a bad analogy. She should. It wasn't an analogy. It was, a, it was a statement. The Holocaust was not about race. and But she has the right to feel that way. And I understand why she feels that way. But it would be an example of someone who maybe is too close to it. Right. And so doesn't have what I think is- a, a correct point of view on it. And there's then your network of, that lost politically incorrect shunned yeah. her for two weeks. There's lots of ways to, uh, you know, 
not have the right answer. Before we wrap up, what does it feel like? I, you know, you were, you know, I, I watched you as the comic. You did that. You got the sitcom that we were all going after. We all wanted to do. So you did. You were the newsroom, right? What was the name of that? Sitcom? What you did? A, you did a sitcom. Were you in a newsroom or a real estate business? The sitcom that you did. I did a sitcom where we were lawyers. Lawyers. Sarah. I thought it was a newsroom, Sarah. Yeah, with yeah. Gina Davis. Yeah. So you were going after sitcoms, and then you became this great voice for a generation that is not only um, informative and entertaining, but you are the hot point, and maybe for you this is kind of blasé at this point, but when the president or when the news networks or when, you know, whatever's happening in the news kind of targets you and talks about you and makes you, you know, the, uh, the, the, the hot point of whatever point they want to make. That's got to feel like I'm doing this podcast, you know, I'll be lucky if, uh, you know, a few hundred people listen to this or even comment on it. And they'll probably comment on the fact that, uh, why is my daughter wearing a sweatshirt on, in summer? But, <laughs> but it's cold in here. I was wearing a short sleeve shirt. No, but what, it's what I'm saying, it's not like any, <laughs> I, I just to be that noticed and that, are you aware of who is listening to you? And are, yeah. do you ever wake up in the day and go, fuck the, the, the president, the network, Fox, CNN, the, the, Whoopi Goldberg yeah. is attacking me. And it, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's been my life for so long. I still have the, uh, we were talking about the nine 11 thing. I still have the, headline from the paper on my wall white house keeps heat on mar yeah. because they were talking about it in the press briefings that week or you know i guess it just be whatever goes on in your life just becomes your life and you get used to it for good and bad sometimes bad because as a guy sitting here who knows he, you and knows the guy i mean for me these this, this is wow it's wow you know, I'm I'm always amazed when I walk in a room and somebody that I've seen on TV kind of knows who I am. At the, to this day, really, uh, still, yeah, I'm amazed. I just think that there's such a, an in, you know, when you and I came out here, I think we may have talked about this. You know, uh, Donnie, like I know who Donnie Most was. Donnie Most was third tier on a sitcom. Right. Uh, people don't know. I, I think CSI is still doing really well on television. I can't name, I don't know who the stars of that are. I've never seen it. Right. So, but I don't know, even when I didn't see things, I didn't watch Knott's Landing or the Carringtons, right. but you knew who, who shot well, JR, but you knew who those stars were. Today, with so many, with so much noise out there, and whether it's the internet, whether it's gaming, whether it's, you know, uh, streaming and things we see on Netflix, the fact that somebody even knows who I am, I'm fascinated that they still know me through this noise. You well, are a world you, the world you are this light this uh, this lightning rod you know it, it, which i think is pretty wow no, pretty you, impressive you had, it, you had it right the first time i'm light <laughs> I'm, I'm light uh, but i mean i think what you're describing really is more a function of the fact that uh, if you go all the way back to say ed sullivan days okay it was three channels everybody watched ed sullivan on sunday night Right. And that's why it was a variety show that included lots of stuff for the kids, but also for mom and dad. Right. It would be the Beatles followed by Topo Gigio, followed by like some uh, an opera singer. Nobody spins plates anymore. Nobody spins plates. Um, they spin the news, but not the plates. <laughs> um, that's where we began. Now we are on the opposite end of that spectrum where... There is no communal 
enjoyment of anything, even in a car. The kids have a television screen in the back seat. They're not even watching the same thing as the parents in the car. Uh, so there are TikTok stars who you and I have no idea who they are. Who have 90 million followers. Absolutely. Yeah. And if they walked through a casino tomorrow, they would be mobbed by certain people. And we're like, who is that? And who are these people mobbing them? And then there are people who know you and I, who have no idea who the TikTok stars are, like you and I don't, and everything in between. But I think but, you're breaking through those walls because you're at the... You know. I, I mean, I have I have uh, followers and fans from every generation, but I'm sure, just like you, everything skews older because the young... This is one of the rare countries in the world that does not venerate old people at all. I talk about this all the time. It's a very ageist country. Many countries absolutely adore old people. They literally kiss Well, they their did, and our indigenous, our First Nations still do. You know, the people whose yes. country this really belongs to. Yes. The elders are the the people that are held up on a pedestal. But you not really want to give it back, do you? <laughs> you see, that's what I mean. About, let, let's just live in the world we're living in. Let, let's, let's not posture and pretend that yeah, they really own that. Well, but you're not going to give it back. But give him this place. Give him this space. It's such a beautiful place, and you fucking stole it from. Him. But again, you didn't do it. Well, no I, collective guilt. You didn't do it, and now we're here. I know all of all of history is sorry and sad and bad. Humans are not good people. I'll say it. I'll say it again. Humans are not good people, but we do the best we can, and we live in the world we're living in, and we just all we can do is make tomorrow better. You know, you're like the new Mr. Rogers. I am very much, <laughs> I am very much like Mr. Rogers. Let you me are. get my sweater. Why can't we? I'll be neighbors. But you are amazing. What Thank do you, you. want to? Do you want to plug anything? Are you? Well, you're touring. I know you're going to well, be Club Random. Club uh, Random. I, I mean, love. Thank you. And I, I love it too. It's it's so different than anything real time. <laughs> no, but it is. It's you. Just it's a bunch of. It seems like a bunch of friends just getting it's, high, just having a good time, just being relaxed and having I mean, real conversation. It's it's um. It's so anti-real-time because real-time I work so hard all week to get it just right and it's, you know, I want to hit the exact beats I want to hit because it's a it's a catch-up show. It's for people who don't follow the news or obviously people who do. But if you don't follow the news and you want one hour of a show on Friday night that will like tell you what happened that week and make it entertaining, that's what real-time is there for. And to put ideas in the water that hopefully have currency. I mean, we do it a lot. I mean, I, I, we say things and like I see two weeks later, like, oh, now everyone's writing this. You're welcome, America. I'm sure I'll get no pats on the back again, but you know. But you're here to pat yourself but and that's, that's okay. But that's okay, <laughs> you know. Um, Give himself a Valentine. Well, we deserve, my staff and me, we do deserve a Valentine because we don't, we don't get it. We, 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 we wouldn't even get a uh, Emmy nomination anymore. You don't. Which is preposterous. It really is. I didn't know that you're not, like, really, not nominated. Yes, and that's all because award shows are completely about virtue signaling. Do you do that's you care all, though? Not anymore. I mean, there was a time. I mean, it went all the way from 1996 when we were first nominated to 40 nominations later when we never won because you know people don't vote in, in an award show anymore by anything except virtue signaling. I mean, it's the same with the Oscars. It's not who who's the best actor. It's who played somebody who has a, 
you know, I, I'm, right. you know what I'm talking I about. I do know what okay. you're talking about, but um, you deserve it. You know what? For your consideration. And I'm talking to the listeners. No, no, I, I don't care anymore. I, I don't even want it. But you know, I mean, the, they, the they, award they have, is- they no credibility with me. The point is that we do something at our show that is, if you're going to go by what, if, if the standard of excellence, if that's what an award show really was supposed to be. I mean, if you, I would put our show for courage, originality, and just being funny. Let and alone. being on, like the fact and that it, you, you're, you, you know, so many people have good ideas and, and they can't bring that to fruition. The fact that you can bring that and produce that week after week after week. New ideas. Yes. New ideas that people aren't thinking about yet, that then they think about and go, oh, okay, maybe Bitcoin is bullshit. I mean, we did a Bitcoin thing in the week, next week, Elon Musk pulled out of Bitcoin. He had said that you could pay buy Teslas in Bitcoin. I'm not saying he did that because we said that, but I mean, the timing was kind of suspicious. You have no Bitcoin? You have I, an NFT? Bitcoin is so stupid. Come on. Do you have an NFT? Of course not. Okay. Well, you're in the, you know, the, you're, I don't have That's one. That's even stupider. That what? It's, and it's all crashing. I mean, it's just, it's a Ponzi scheme. It's, it's preposterous. It's a Ponzi scheme, but the you can make good is, money on a Ponzi scheme. Well, not, when you get not, in and when you get out. Not lately. Well, Eventually, it all goes down. Isn't a isn't the Same stock market stocks, isn't yeah. stock a Ponzi scheme? No, because it's it based is. on companies that actually have a product mm, to sell. No, it's based on. I, I disagree with you. The, the, <laughs> well, no, it's, because it's, my dad used to be a stock salesman, and it, it that was bricks and mortar, and you can go buy the the uh, yearly sales and the books and the property that they owned. And now, ever since the Silicon Valley became whatever it became, you're investing in ideas, and the more people that invest in the idea, the more value that idea has. No. No. You're not investing in an idea. You are investing in the thought of how good this company is going to do in the future. That's true. Maybe. The stock market is not based on the valuation of the company in the present. There are, there are Tesla was valued at a, a much higher level than was Ford, GM, or Toyota, I think were the biggest three at the time, when they were not selling nearly as many cars, but they could see where it's going. That's what the stock market is about, where it's going. But it is a real company with a real product. They make something and sell something. That is not the case with Bitcoin. Bitcoin was was started, or cryptocurrency was started as a goof, really, by someone we don't know who it is, somebody who used the, the fake name. It was a decentralized currency so that really when it started so you could pay for things and not be detected like it was all this right underground. it's for criminals it was that's when who it started it. it was for criminals but you know that it's looking. still for criminals but a human humanity just uh attaches value to things that really mean nothing you're wearing a black t-shirt that could be a black t-shirt from target you put a, a ralph loren thing on it we just say that that's worth more but it's still it exists it's something bitcoin is nothing do you know how they make they establish bitcoin why it uses more electricity than some countries did you know that about bitcoin i did know that okay because there are yes mining there are football field size buildings that have nothing but supercomputers that are it's like the game of Pick a number from one to 10, except the numbers between one and infinity. And the person guessing the number is in the matrix. And the person who has created the number is a, a fictional person also. 
and that's how that's a way to run a currency uh, you know matt damon love him but him and the other celebrities who told people to get into this they're getting an awful lot of shit now and i understand why they suggested that people get into this ponzi scheme and it's it's not going to come out well for any of them i think it's not going to come out well for most of them but some people are actually scoring the odd one okay well I so mean, seth green got his uh got his bored ape stolen his monkey yeah <laughs> yeah it's just supposed to be uh, it's also very easy for the money to just disappear if like you forget your password yeah then right. it's just gone Right, but if you forget where you bank, you can lose it. <laughs> anyway, you're always. I could All right. talk, there's no not talking to you. I love you. I really do, love and I could talk too. to you. And uh, so, uh, club random, uh, uh, real time, real time. I'm off for July, but we're back July 29th on real time. Anything you do, tour. and your tour. Yes, and- I'm in Vegas. I'm at the Mirage, July 22nd. Thank you for and- reminding me of my plugs. Yes, and in Hawaii over New Year's. That's oh, I meant to say to you. Everyone has been saying to me after they heard us on Club Random, can't wait to see you and Howie together in Hawaii. I'll drop in in, uh, in Maui. I know, but they thought you were actually going to be part of the show because I think for a second you said that and then of course- I just, I'm with my family. I understand. And you realize family is such an obligation. Uh, (laughs) I understand. I have to tell you though, I know you talked about this a little bit. I hear from every single person I run into, like my dentist, my dermatologist, every appointment I have, they- think that you hate my dad hate yeah why because i thought we of loved all the time you. no because of all the times that you've oh, brought I him told up you, that. We, you talked it, about it a little bit on your podcast when you said don't turn everybody into a howie mandel they're like what does he have against your dad no but it, we talked about that on club random I, saw that. I take it as a positive he means it as I've a never, positive it's an it's it's a great your, analogy your doctors are idiots okay because, <laughs> because nobody's ever said that to me i've heard people talk talk to me about it too and they never misinterpreted that Especially, my people aren't Right. More people. I go. I go to idiots so I could feel better about myself. <laughs> but especially as I mentioned, when I first mentioned it in the thing, I purposely paraphrased, uh, prefaced it by saying, "You know Howie. I know Howie. We all love Howie." I mean, I wanted there to be no misinterpretation. No, there was no misinterpretation. Uh, right. There is so people who yeah. want to misinterpret are always going to and do it, and they do that, and they do that. That's just the price but, we pay. Um, you know. And it was very sympathetic to you saying, you know, this is, this is someone, and I was, and I quoted you, you know, if anybody's angry, if anybody's angry for him saying we can't raise Howie Mandel's listen to club random because he, you you were very eloquent in explaining it with the love and Or just listen to your own fucking sense of common sense. And on that note. Why would you want to be someone (laughs) who has this? It's like, you know, if you were like a paraplegic in a wheelchair and I said, you know, you don't really want to be that. What are you talking about? It's like. uh, You don't want to be Stephen Hawkins? No, you don't want to be. Well, he's dead. So you really don't want to be. But right, right you don't want to be Stephen Hawking. You don't want to be anything that limits you physically, that in any way makes your life more miserable. I mean, I only want you to be more happy. Yeah. So you know. Bill Maher is here to okay. espouse happiness and right. butterflies and sunshine. He is the new Mr. Rogers. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Bill. I Thank love you. you. Thank you, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> that was good.